It's the Popcorn Boys, and we're hot coming in. We are coming at you dead. From Culver <laughs> City, California, I'm Kyle Jameson. With me is Daniel Trainer. Daniel, I've got so many twists for you today. You've already you've already sampled two of them. We're hot coming in. That was a twist. Yeah, I got that. It's been a week of twists. (laughs) It has been a week of twists. I'm exhausted. I'm exhilarated to talk about them, but boy, oh boy. So it is M. Night Shyamalan week. It sure is. The M. Night Shyamathon. Yep. Trademarked. Trademarked. Um, The reason for the occasion. Reason for the season. Reason for the season. Old. Number one at the box office. <laughs> number one with a bullet. Although, not really with a bullet. Number one with a, eh, nobody's going to the movies anymore. Yeah, not, uh, didn't exactly explode onto the scene in its opening weekend. It made, uh, what was it, six, 16.5? Was that what the opening weekend? Something like that. It's up I to believe eight, so. It's up to 18 now here as a record on the yeah. uh, Tuesday evening. Yeah, let's do a little brief box office breakdown because this will shock you, but I have a lot to say about my pal M. Night. So old, number one at the box office. Number two, my guys. <laughs> my, my snake eyes. Your guys? You know a snake eyes is one person. <laughs> It's Henry, and I know that because I saw it. <laughs> I forgot that you saw it. I literally, already unfortunately, forgot that you saw Snake Eyes. did go see Snake Eyes in theaters. You and clearly, uh, just about nobody else because it yeah. did not make much money. It was being six other people all weekend. Uh, Black Widow came in at number three. Space Jam in its second weekend dropped to number four with a yet another. We've seen a lot of historic second weekend drops in recent S- weeks. Sort of like a uh, a traditional LeBron flop. Okay. But a drop. I'll buy that. It was a flop, but it was a drop. Uh, it's almost as if there's something going on in the world preventing people from... Yes, the Olympics. ...going to movies. The Olympics. Yeah, I, I, we, yeah let's play in the Olympics. The Olympics. Oh, no. The Delta variant is wrecking havoc on the box office challenge and the world, which is worse, obviously, the challenge. Well, it does make the, the future of the box office challenge very interesting because <sighs> Listen, we really ladies have and gentlemen, no idea. Ladies and gentlemen... I plead this to you. I'm on my knees. Please get vaccinated before the Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> the Suicide Squad comes out August 6th. and uh, Let's go. Appointments, op- appointments open all over town. It's free. Our current standings in the box office challenge, I am have cracked $600 million, uh, $614 million to be exact. You are at $313 million. Uh, again, you still have only had two movies released, Black Widow and A Quieter Place. Um, finally, this week, next week, this week, you, your third movie comes out, uh, Jungle Cruise. That's right. And if you aren't vaccinated, don't worry. Risk it. Go see it. It's Jungle okay. Snooze. <laughs> Jungle Snooze. Jungle, get off the booze. Listen, when you talk about this box office draft, you know, you're way out in front. You know, here I am coming from behind. You're the Kate Ledecky of this relationship. I'm that weird Australian Titmus, Titus, Titmus, I think. Tetanus shot with a coach who definitely kisses her on the mouth. He's uh, I'm her. He's intense. All right. I've had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 
9, 10, 11, 12 of my 20 movies have already been released. Absolutely insane. Not great, considering um, I'm not even, I don't know, I haven't even made twice as much money as you have. Yeah, well, sucks to suck. Well, look, here's the thing. Basically, every movie is flopping this year, and you just haven't had any come out yet. So, all your movies are are gearing up to flop themselves. <laughs> Listen, we'll see. Starting but, with Jungle Cruise this weekend. No. The Rock... The Rock's the biggest star in the world. It's 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 happening. As the late great Gorilla Monsoon once said, it's a happening. The happening? We will get to that. <laughs> First, let's get into Shyamalan. But for uh, it's interesting because the reason that I think we want to talk about him so badly is the fact that neither of us are really necessarily a Shyamalan diehard, right? But those people sure. exist. Those people are out there. I think as evidenced by the fact that Old opens number one. Right. And most of his movies, do, a lot of his movies do. A lot of his movies still, you know, were how many years past Six Sense? Came out in 99. 22? 22 years later, he's still doing his thing and people are still paying to see his movies. 21? 22. It's 2021. I know the pandemic 22, is... 22. 22 years. Did we both... Were we both wrong? No, no. You were right. Wow. I, I just came in with confidence. Oh, my God. The fact that that's recorded history. You saying you were right. <laughs> Delete this that. <laughs> so, listen. Neither of us are like, you know, Shama heads, as they call themselves. That's what I've read. Um, but he's fascinating in the respect of he's still here. He's still doing his thing. And he's one of the only sort of original filmmakers who essentially feels like he can do whatever he wants and puts out a movie every, what, two or three years. And, and, and they pretty much all make decent money, at least. I mean, Yeah, but like his... To varying film, degrees, of course, but... His filmography makes absolutely zero sense. Um, There's no rhyme or reason to it. It's come into focus a little bit in the, in the past, what, like five or six years now that the Unbreakable Universe has sort of become a thing. Right. But... For a while, it felt like he was just throwing whatever he wanted at a wall. And that wall, by the way, is in Philadelphia. <laughs> Every movie is in Philadelphia. Well, not old. Not, how do we know? Did they? That beach could have been in Philadelphia. I've never been. Are there beaches in Philadelphia? Uh, no. I don't how do so. you know? I think uh, you have to go through New Jersey to get to the beach New if you're Jersey. in Philadelphia. Okay, fair enough. I could be wrong. You're Pat Sergino's guy. Uh, I had Geno's when I went. Oh, okay. I would famously never go to Philadelphia. Philadelphia's great. Good city. No, I would never go. So normally, I would never go to a city whose entire identity is based off a bell and cheese. And throwing batteries at Santa. What? Actually, that last part, I love. That, yeah, that's great. That's the best part about Philadelphia. Uh, you are from Detroit. What, yeah, what are we known for? I would love to know this. This what, should be good. Detroit he, is known for... Uh, he's going to say poverty and pizza. We used to make car... Pizza? Do you not know this? Detroit pizza? Okay. Okay, literally I'm nobody, pausing. Nobody outside of Detroit has ever been like... Okay, first of all... For? First pizza. of all... First of all, I'm screaming. Okay, first of all... De- okay, there's many layers to this. Detroit-style pizza... Is its own thing. Never that heard, wasn't literally. I've never heard of it. What is Detroit? Is style this pizza? your twist? 
Is this your Shyamalan twist? No one has heard of Detroit-style pizza. What are you talking about? Okay, there's literally Detroit-style pizza at, like, Domino's. What is Detroit-style? Is it, like, the Little Caesars Squares or something? What is it? No. Well, it, no. It's not the Little Caesars Squares in a circle. It's, like, a square pizza. Okay. Oh, square pizza is the worst. With, like, sometimes, most of the time, it has, like, sauce on top. Huh. I've literally, I, this is the first I've ever heard. Wow. Uh, but no, Detroit is not known for pizza. It is known for like car factories leaving and Eminem. Those are your, <laughs> those are your two claims to fame. I'm sorry, that's that's what it is. I always like to tell people that Eminem is actually not from Detroit. Where is he, he was from? born like Missouri. Oh really? Yeah, he well, moved uh, there when he was young. Eight Mile would uh, disagree with you there. I mean, it, it probably agrees with you. There. I don't remember eight the beginning mile of Eight Mile. Would disag- oh, the movie. Right. Sure. Oh, when I say 8 Mile, do you think of, like, something specific about Detroit? Like, well, what, no, whatever of, the hell 8 Mile is? Or do you think of the movie? Do you know what 8 Mile is? I don't remember what 8 Mile is. No. It's, a, it's a street. Oh, really? Yeah. I can't remember. My only reference to 8 Mile is the movie 8 Mile. Ooh, the factory? Wow. What do you wow, mean? Wow, wow, wee wow. When Eminem and Brittany Murphy, God rest her soul. They have sex in the factory, yeah. Wow. That... That seems pretty hot. <laughs> is it not? Uh, it's, you know. I mean, in terms of Eminem sex scenes on film, it's, <laughs> it's, gotta it's pretty be high up there. It's got to be up there. It's got to be up there. All right. Speaking of movies that came around that time, what a transition. What? We're Where, how start- did we get here? You're yelling about Detroit. You're so jealous. We're going to talk about Shyamalan obviously and we have to start with the sixth sense and so this is this is part of the reason why he hold is... on we have to start with wide awake oh my god i'm just kidding uh that was his first studio movie 1998 with rosie o'donnell starring rosie o'donnell god rest her soul we by the way we saw <laughs> rosie and our boy never i'm not even gonna say his did name. you ever watch rosie i don't want to speak the it into talk existence. show not really. Well, I watch it every day, of course. I mean, a little bit. I watch it every day. Truly terrible. Okay. It's one of the best television programs okay. in history. The Koosh Balls alone. Rosie O'Donnell. Don't even. Oh, God. Here we Just, go. She's what great you, in a league of their own. What do you have against Rosie? She's annoying. She's annoying. Okay. Yeah, a woman who speaks her mind. Of course. Yeah, of course she's annoying to you. I had to edit myself there. Oh, well, God, well, she's a lesbian. That's what he really wanted to say. Oh, no, no. And it's Pride Month. Is it? Every month is Pride Month, bitch. I think it's July. Every... What is Pride Month? June? June, yeah. Yeah. So, we both saw Old yesterday. Correct. We're going to save that discussion for the end of the episode. Just Correct. in case those of uh, our many <laughs> listeners out there are still waiting to see it and, and because we the, the only way to discuss that movie is to discuss it in its full oh yeah spoiler filled glory because who boy we've got some things to say about oh wow but so before we get there we're going to we're going to build up to it by going through his filmography starting with 1998's Wide Awake starring everyone's favorite Rosie O'Donnell Coosh. just kidding literally no one has ever seen that movie i assume uh 1999 the Sixth Sense comes out. Wow. And it doesn't just come out. It is a phenomenon. That's what, that's what happened when I came out. What do you mean? I didn't just come out. I was a phenomenon. When you came out of the womb? 
The or closet. The well, I was asking which one. Well, both. <laughs> anyway, The Sixth Sense. We both rewatched it this week. Yep. What is your? Uh, what is your? All right. First, tell me. The first time you saw Sixth Sense. Yes, I went. I wanted to ask you about this. Paint the picture for me, because I have an interesting story about when I saw it, and I'm mad for you. Uh. I saw it. Uh, I like vividly remember walking out after and having my mind just blown because I think it was the first time because I was a movie nerd at the time, you know, so this came out. I was only like 11 years old, but I remember like really, really wanting to go see it in theaters. And so I did. And then I hadn't been spoiled on anything. I think maybe I'd heard some rumblings of like a twist or something like that, but I think I saw it early enough. And this this breeds a whole other conversation about just like what sort of popular culture has done to movies, which I think is interesting. But uh, I went in really knowing nothing, and I had my mind blown. I absolutely loved it, and it really was like a a, a sort of a monumental movie-going experience for me. Um, and watching it again, I really think it holds up. I really, really love The Sixth Sense. You do? Oh, my God. I think it's great. I, th- I actually think it's great, too. I think it's great. I had a different occasion, unfortunately. And this this actually shaped the way I think about movies in terms of spoilers. Okay, which I know is a big <sighs> thing for you. I was in... I want to say I was in eighth grade, maybe ninth. You were in college. Eighth or ninth grade. Uh, and I was just like sitting in class and a few people behind me started talking You know what I'm just thinking? About... Like ninth grade, Kyle, you would have been so mean to me. What? No, I was not mean. You were – I bet you were a little bit of a bully. No, no, no. I was nice. I was nice to everyone. Okay. I'm going to check in with all your pals. Yeah, go for it. Okay. That was, that was nice. Okay. I'll trust – I trust you. Um – so, anyway, so some of my classmates started having a conversation, and I didn't. They didn't mean to spoil it for me, but they had seen it, and there was all I heard basically was like the, the a quick phrase like he was dead the whole time. Wow. Which of course spoils literally the entire movie. Sure. And it obviously it was a phenomenon, and so I wanted to see it, and so I ended up going to see it, but I knew the twist going in, which just it just ruined. Of course it does. Yeah, of course. Like the, so, this comes out in '99. I had seen already. I had seen the movie The, U- the Usual Suspects, which is oh, like, sure. to me, The Usual Suspects is like the, the, uh, the the beginning of like modern movie twist endings. Definitely. And so, and I remember seven? just being seven is later. It the is. Usual Suspects is, or maybe they're the same year. Interesting. Go on. But Seven doesn't have that much of a twist to me. But yeah, like right. sort of does. Sure, but sure, like, sure. Yeah, good point. Not on good the point. level of Usual Suspects it's or not six, a twist. Yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> and so I remember just being so blown away and like loved the Usual Suspects because of that. And you know, you're a big Spacey guy. Oh, love Spacey. Brian Singer. Whew, what a guy. Oh my God. <laughs> what a team. Um, by the way, do you know Christopher McQuarrie was the screenwriter for that? No, did not. Yeah. Would, well, no one. This really is. That's your trifecta there. <laughs> he was like buddies with Spacey, like Singer, McQuarrie. He was like roommates with Brand Singer or something like that. Oh my! That 
God, nothing has ever made more sense. <laughs> anyway, so I love the twist in Usual Suspects and was really disappointed when I accidentally found out the twist ending of Sixth Sense. Still went and saw it in the theater. Still liked it, but it just didn't hit the way, of course, it does if you don't know going in. So here's my thing with this twist, and I, I maintain this to this day. These people who are out here saying, <laughs> I saw the twist coming all along. I saw the twist coming all along. I knew the twist. Go kill yourself. Not a single person. There is no saw this twist coming. Way there are people who say <laughs> that twist. <laughs> knew it first five minutes. Nobody saw usual suspects no, twist coming. You didn't. No chance. There's no chance. I remember I was when I was doing some research for this podcast. I was looking okay. up. Do some research. They well apparently they were concerned when the trailer came out that it would give too much away because they used the famous scene with with young Cole in the hospital bed saying. I see that. He says that in the trailer? I believe he does. No way. Well, that's not the twist. That's like, you know, like, that's... Sure, of course. But I, even I, to give that away in the trailer is interesting. Like, that's I, a big... Yes. But, like, how else do you kind of get people to see this movie, I think, in the trailer? You know, this... Good point. I mean, certainly there could be a way to do it. But that's, you know... And so they were very concerned because, like, he's saying it as he's looking at Bruce Willis, obviously, in that scene. And so right. they were concerned that – I think it was the trailer. It could have just been the scene itself that they're giving it away too hard with with that conversation because he's – Of course. But, yeah, anybody who says they saw the twist coming the first time they saw it, check yourself into a <laughs> mental facility because you're a liar. You're a pathological liar. But the twist to me brings up something that is so fun about watching the movie again. Yes. Where you get to watch a different movie when you watch it again. And I don't... There are very few examples of that. Watching the movie again, knowing the twist, is an entirely different movie. Well, I think this is why so it, it made so much money. I think everyone Correct. was like so blown away. And then it, I remember it becoming a thing where people wanted to go back and like mm -hmm. watch it knowing and like try to see where the clues were and see, yeah. you know, how obvious it was made or, you know, there's, there's things about like the color red and what that signifies in the movie. Yeah. He loves um, color night. We're calling night night. He's yeah, listening in front of the pod goes by night. Um, the things that jumped out to me on the, on the sixth sense rewatch. First of all, this movie is patient. Yeah. So patient. Uh, 50 minutes in is the I see dead people scene. See, it's interesting you say patient, though, because I have written down that comes earlier than I remember. Really? Yeah. In my 50 head. 50 minutes? What the hell? I don't, can't even remember what they did for the first 49 minutes before that scene. Well, uh, in my head, that comes later. Because then... You, See, in my head, that came like 10 minutes in, and then the rest of it is, I don't know what. <laughs> if it comes in that early, I think maybe you start piecing it together. Well, I think that this, this is what is so... The the patience of, of the way they told this is why it works so well. It's because they just build up to this moment, and like because that's almost an hour, and you think that's kind of the only thing. You don't realize there's another punch coming basically sure. later on. Sure. Good point. And... Uh, there's there's a couple things in the let's let's, let's just talk about the the, the Bruce Willis is let's dead the whole it. time twist because 
This movie is great. I love this movie. Really fun. I don't care. I don't care what anybody says. Really fun to watch, but it's also very easy to just kind of like poke holes in okay. how kind of ridiculous that part of the concept is. Listen to me right now. This idea that Bruce Willis is dead the entire movie is absolutely absurd. The idea that he, and this is me saying that I love the movie, and I do, but also it does make any sense. The idea that Bruce Willis himself in the movie right. would think that he is dead this entire time makes literally no sense. What do you mean, would think that he's dead the entire time? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Would not Wouldn't, realize. Would, gotcha, not, gotcha. would not realize that he's dead the entire time is insane. Like, we get these little things where, like, his wife is, like, watching their wedding tape, and he's like, huh. That was fun. <laughs> and she says nothing. What happens after that? I so know. That's like, the for, thing. They always... For months. For months and months and months, she doesn't say a word to him. For months. Right. And he just thinks she's mad at him. And yeah. she's possibly having an affair. And, like, he doesn't really understand why. So she doesn't But he knows him. he, like... Yeah. He's like, I'm just... I'm really bad at communicating. She For won't. months, okay, she says nothing to him. Obviously makes absolutely no sense. And they cut away from the scenes at the perfect time... Where like the next moment he would he would realize it. Basically. He'd be like, Hello? <laughs> well, my biggest question is, has he opened a door this entire time? Oh, great question. Great question. The door stuff. How I'm does he even, get out how does he get out of the house? That's what I'm talking about. How does he get out of the house? And so they kind of they literally throw like a line or two in there to explain it away. So you don't really I don't remember. So like, so this is, this is one of the lines that Cole says in the I See Dead People scene. Okay. He says, they don't know they're dead, which, yes. And then he says, they only see what they want to see. And so from that, what I gather is the scenes that we're seeing are really the only scenes that, like, Bruce Willis is experiencing in a way. Like, all of a sudden, he's just, like, conscious and he's on the bus with Cole. Or he's... And he's not thinking, like, hmm, how'd he, I get here? Right. He's a ghost, and so he doesn't have any, like... I've never been a ghost, so I don't logical know. Logical point as I know. A to point B. Am I a ghost? Oh. Oh, God, please let me be a ghost. I would rather be a ghost myself than have you be a ghost, because that actually would mean I'm more crazy if you were the ghost. Are you a ghost? Maybe. That'd be weird. Huh. Anyway. Anyway. <clears throat> so... They only see what they want to see, like they and they demonstrate. They demonstrate it. During Isn't that the a twist. metaphor? Isn't that a metaphor? They demonstrate it with the twist when he's trying to get into the basement. They like replay that scene, but there's like a table in front of the door, so he can't open the door. Right. Anyway, a lot of, uh, a lot of great, great, great. So basically, the twist doesn't really hold together upon. It doesn't, inspection. but it, but, but it's it, still awesome. And this, yes. this is like this is one of those things where like this is movies. In you know, it, it seems like weird. This to say it, but is like, movies. <laughs> it is. No, you're exactly right. You know, you know what this I mean, is like, movies. There's no reason to pick apart. It's like you know we're having fun with it, but there's no reason to pick apart like oh, the logistics of it. The idea that it doesn't make any sense theoretically, I don't care. Right. And sometimes I do. But I think that this movie stands alone. I guess that's the point. Like, as long as it's been set up and explained well enough, you don't oh, ha- yeah. you don't have to be like, well, how did he open doors? Even Who cares? That's literally what I just said. Yeah. Listen, it doesn't matter to me. A couple other thoughts on The Sixth Sense. Uh, one, the other thing that doesn't quite hold up for me. Okay. So, like, 
so he comes up with this solution for Cole. You know, so Cole is is scared of all these ghosts, and they kind of be like, hey, you actually just need to go talk to them. They really just want help with something. Cole, by the way, which is the dare I say, iconic Haley Joel Osment. What a performance! How old is he in this? Kyle, this performance is iconic. Like seven. He is four. No, he's I don't know, but I I do know that he is the I wrote this down. He is the second youngest nominee in. Best Supporting Actor Oscar history. Second youngest. And the youngest he won is the kid from Kramer versus Kramer. Oh. Wait, did he win? I don't know. Or nominated? Not sure. He won of the two. Um, this movie doesn't work without oh, him. Not even close. He is so good. He's phenomenal. And this gets into... Every emotional beat that he has to deliver, he kills it's it. Unreal. How good he is in this movie. Think anyway. about all the iconic mo- moments in this movie. All the iconic lines are hit, are him. He's f- he is so good. You you like feel for this kid so badly. Even just the delivery of "I see dead people" is like that's a that's an all time movie moment. I literally got chill when you said that. <laughs> oh, that means there's a ghost in here. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, Wait, open the door. Open the door. <laughs> Go on. Sorry. The, the the slight issue I have with the way it kind of plays out. So now, so now Cole's like Cole like knows how to deal with these ghosts, but like, so now he just has to like do the bidding of these ghosts for the rest. Of, like that, the way he deals with them is to like go do shit for them, and, right? And he's just gonna do this all the time now. This is gonna be his whole life, I guess. Like he go, he helps Misha Barton when wow, she's dead. Wow, I speaking of iconic. Um, that whole sequence is so good. Oh, it's great. At their house. Meet the guy who plays Misha's dad. I wrote this in my notes specifically. Peter great Gallagher. performance. Wait, is, Misha, is Peter Gallagher her dad in the OC? <laughs> no, no, no. Never but, seen the OC. But I'm the, so sorry. The guy who plays her dad is also in Signs. He's like... Yeah, the, he's the alien. Right, right, right. No, who is he in Signs? I forget. He's a very small character, but he popped up and I was like, oh, that's Misha Barton's dad. Okay. <clears throat> but he, his like... His like watching the tape, facial performance. Let is me tell you, I so have, good. I have chills again. You are a ghost. <laughs> um, but when they pop in, I because I sort of forgotten about that. When they pop in that VHS. Oh, oh I my god! I had completely forgotten about that. Oh my god! What a scene! Great. What scene. a moment! Why was the mom poisoning her kids? No, we do, we actually do not know that. Seems, but. I would poison – if I had a kid, I'd poison it. Seems her. extreme. If I had a kid, I would poison it. <laughs> and that's on record. Oh, boy. Now, for me, we're talking about Heli Joel who – I was I, just going to say, we, we it's, it's insane that we've gone this far about the Sixth Sense and we haven't brought her up yet. Listen. The idea that Tony Collette – and I don't mean any disrespect here to my sister Angelina Jolie, who I do consider a sister – and I am a Jennifer Aniston stan. But I actually consider them both sisters. What's going on? I'm not following. I'm not sure if you remember when Angelina married Brad Pitt after he Oh, did... Angelina won. Okay. Yes, I got that part. <sighs> it's like it's so I didn't understand why you were be... getting it to Jennifer Aniston. Anyway. Listen. Angelina and Girl Interrupted. Yeah, there you go. Angelina and Girl Interrupted. It's a good performance. Sure. Girl Interrupted, though, is, I, I, I argue, not a not a spectacular movie. Right. Tony Collette's performance in The Sixth Sense 
is one of the most perfect things I've ever seen. She's excellent. She is... I mean, you talk about nailing every beat, and Haley Joel does as well. She is such a perfect version, or vision of, like, fragility and, like, emotion. And listen, we can get into it. The scene in the car is one of my favorite scenes in movie history. I, I will say it now. I was just about to ask you what the best scene in the movie is. It's the scene in the car. It's not the scene in the car. Okay, you're wrong. The scene in the car is excellent. When she... I, I, I'm i not kidding. I will cry. When he talks about going to the grave site... Wow, we cry every... I'm literally crying. As you can tell, I am you, crying. You kind of are. I'm. Oh, I cry every time. She saw you dance. She saw you dance. Wow. That scene's not quite there for me. Okay. Well, you don't really get it, but that's okay. Not that I'm it's cr- not great. Oh, I'm crying. <laughs> but I think there's a better scene. Okay. Wait. Okay. I, I was going to guess, but I just wanted you to tell me. <clears throat> it's the kitchen table scene Come with on. with Tony Collette and Haley Joel. They're sitting at the table, and she's trying to get him to admit oh, sure. that he took the brooch and like put it in his dresser and he yeah. didn't do it he and he's it. and he's just he's like i can't see. he's just getting emotional like he barely has any lines he's just like is shaking his head no like i know yeah. i didn't do it and she like is so upset and they're both they're both just like unreal knocking it out of the park this scene knocking is amazing it out of the, the whole park. everything about the scene is great too they they are eating at this like almost like this little fold out kitchen table it just like it's it just perfectly signifies these characters in this movie and, and what they're going movie. through. The more we're talking about it, I love this movie. Is the twist the most iconic twist? Wow. Great question. If you were to power rank movie twist endings, I think it's probably number two. I think Usual Suspects is probably... Maybe. A little bit there because... I, I, and frankly, because like when you think Usual Suspects... You immediately think of that? Sixth Sense, no. you might think of I See Dead People first. I think, no, I think it's, I think to me there's an obvious number one. And it's She's the Man. <laughs> when Amanda Bynes reveals that she, the man, the titular man, is in fact a she. Doesn't she like flash one of the soccer players or something? She's playing soccer, right? Yeah. She, like, fa- flashes her boobs at one of them to, like, convince them that she's a... I don't remember that, but I will take your word for it. I'm pretty sure that's the scene. I was more focused on the performance of... Amanda Bynes, oh, who is, gotcha, gotcha. as we will say, one of the greatest comedic actresses of our time. Hey, she's the man. She's the man. We love Amanda Bynes. Sixth Sense. Great flick. And so, so we... What? Huh? Huh? And so then we move along. Okay, sorry. I'm and sorry. So, I'm, I always forget that I'm just a passenger here. That's not what I was saying. You could have taken it. I tried earlier. And then... <clears throat> well, I wanted, to, I wanted to make sure we, we covered all our Sixth Sense bases. We did. His next movie, the following year, is Unbreakable. Starring, Unbreakable. Starring Kimmy Schmidt. <laughs> Unbreakable. It's a movie. Damn it. <laughs> uh... Bruce Willis is back. Samuel L. Jackson is on board. Yeah. You rewatched this movie this week. I sure did. What was your takeaway? I haven't seen this in a long, long time. Well, I had seen this in theaters, and I think I had owned it on DVD. I had seen it quite a bit. But 
here's the thing that I think M. Knight really shot himself in the foot here. Where, with Unbreakable, he became the director who does movies with a twist. Right. And that is, that's tough. And that's really difficult, I think, to get out of. And I think he's kind of made it work for himself. But Unbreakable, again, if he had gone into his second feature and just done sort of like a straight-up thriller or something, I think that would have been more wise, sort of in retrospect. Because now every single one of his movies is like, Oh God! Okay, what what's the thing going to be? What's the twist going to be? What are we waiting for? And all to fair point, but also I, I like, I, I think that is almost kind of why he's beloved. Of course it is, of course, but it doesn't really. It never. You know, it's. I mean, it's hard. It's to, never it's hard to live up to. It's never worked as well as it did the first time out. For and sure, Unbreakable for me is not a very good movie. No, interesting. I, I remember. I remember liking it. Not. I remember it. liking it too. I like. Okay. <laughs> The scene where the really almost all I remember of this movie, other than kind of a general sense of the plot, is is the bench press scene, which is fantastic. But here's the thing, right? So this entire movie is surrounding Bruce Willis, who is trying to figure. So he's the only man who survived this train crash that killed like hundreds right, of people. Right, right, So he's the only survivor of this train crash. Maybe he's dead the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. I bet people thought that. Oh, for, I'm for... sure. It's like, here we go again. Um, that would have been iconic, actually. If he actually just tried to great. pull the, the actually, exact yeah. same <laughs> yes. with the It would have been actor. great. Because I'm sure he could have done whatever he wanted to do for his <laughs> post-Sixth Sense. But this entire thing is Bruce Willis surviving. And then like him sort of trying to figure out if he is, quote-unquote, unbreakable. So he keeps having people tell him that, like... Oh, you're the only survivor of this crash. Like, that's crazy. How did that happen? Whatever. And then he sort of, like, starts putting things together in his head. And then, like, it's insane to me because he asks, he starts asking his, like, wife. He goes, do you remember the last time I was sick? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> let me tell you something right now. If you've never been sick, you would know you've never been sick. Okay? If you've never, like, had a... If you've never been hurt before, you would be Has he never? No, never. It's not just like a recent thing. No. Oh, I didn't remember that part. And so, it like, it, it, it doesn't feel particularly well made to me, the entire thing. It's not really my favorite movie, and it goes off, it really sort of goes off the rails, I think, at the end. And it's just kind of ugly and dark and brooding and it's just not it's just not really my favorite thing and then we're leading to the twist and it at least for me doesn't ultimately pay off and yeah it's just not it's not my favorite thing i'm due for an unbreakable rewatch yeah after what i just said yeah it really feels <laughs> like you should get into it i forgot about uh, in six sense the follow-up to i see dead people he, he almost delivers the next line even better all the time <sighs> So good. God, I love him. All right, we hit Sixth Sense. We've hit Unbreakable. His next movie, 2002. Come with me to 2002. I'm a junior in high school, and it's time for... I'm in diapers. Okay, you're not that young. I had bladder issues. What year were you born? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Signs is next. Oh, boy. 
This is another one that I rewatched this week. The Ace of Base special. Signs? I, I don't think I saw Signs in theaters. I know I didn't see Unbreakable in theaters. I sure did. I think I was like so... You were whacked out from 9-11. <laughs> no, I was going to say The Sixth Sense. Like I, I didn't become like a massive Shyamalan fan because I didn't see Sixth Sense the optimal way. And I probably, of course, if I had like really loved that, I probably would have seen Unbreakable and The kids that spoiled Sixth Sense for you, do you know where they are? I don't. I don't even remember who it was. Okay. Just kind of a general sense of a few people. I think we could go teepee their house. Were you a teepee kid? No, I never teepeed anyone's house. I mean, me either, obviously. I would I was terrified. A, um, my move, the only thing like that that Egging. I really did. No, didn't egg, <clears throat> um, but drove around in high school and... You know how uh, around Christmas people would put the reindeer in their yard. Oh no! We would re- we would run into their yard and rearrange the reindeer into sexual positions. <laughs> classic. What a classic move! Always funny. Just reindeer mounting each other. Great stuff. It's kind. Of, it is kind of. Funny. It, it's pretty. It's pretty harmless. Great move. We didn't yeah, break anything. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Not not much cleanup. You just need to kind of. Not much cleanup. Well, depends on how long the reindeer. Yeah, yeah. Got I don't it know. In. Signs. Everywhere we sign. I want to hear where your uh, your take on signs is. Cause I okay. Have, Let me tell I you about a, this. I have a good take on signs. Oh, you do. Is that right? Yep. This movie is so anticlimactic that it really boggles the mind. I do not think signs is good. I think signs is better than The Sixth Sense. I think signs is M. Night Shyamalan's best movie. Science is awesome. I loved it. Kyle? What? I'm going to cry for the second time in this podcast. Why? To think that science is better than the sixth sense is a mental disorder. <laughs> no, I know you're just saying this to like get under my skin. There is absolutely no way that's possible. What are you talking about? This is not a good movie. Yes, it is. Signs is not a good movie. Signs is excellent. Oh my god. There is nothing to this movie. Here's what happens in Signs. Oh no, my crops are down. Oh, must be an alien. And then an hour and a half later, oh, it was aliens. Oh, well, pour a glass of water on him. All right, well, I'm a priest again. <laughs> um, you're leaving out? You know. Kyle, you don't... I can't accept. I I cannot accept that, Oprah. Signs is awesome. I'm. I'm this is this is this. It's obscene. It, I'm, ending, has, I'm ending the podcast. Signs has so many great scenes. This movie is is patient in a similar sense. It's patient because there's no story. What are you talking about? What is the story? They're, whether they're going crazy or whether something is is happening, and we happening. find out that something is happening. Yeah, it's this weird. Like, signs is odd for many reasons, but there really isn't. I mean, despite what we were just saying about like Shyamalan becoming this like twist guy, there isn't really a twist here, right? Um, the not really, not not in a similar sense of the others. Um, the others, a much better movie than Signs. <laughs> the the like quasi there's there's a bit of a twist and it's like a almost like a spiritual which ending. I mean God, I mean Jesus, take me now. 
this movie about Mel Gibson returning to his faith. Mel Gibson is stop. I, I very very I, good in this movie. Mel Gibson. Well, listen. I know he's one of your boys. You know you, Mel Gibson, Tom Cruise, whoever you know, Army Hammer, whoever else you love. <laughs> Mel Gibson should be in jail as well, along with Tom Cruise. Mel Gibson. This is another thing too. Mel Gibson is is a bad actor. That's Mel Gibson. So obviously false. Oh my god, he is so bad in this movie. And then it's like Mel Gibson is like he was the biggest star in the world for ten years. Okay. And you just think he's a bad actor? No, he's full of charisma. Who's he's, the biggest star in the world now? That's a good question. The biggest star in the world right Jake now. Jake Paul. <laughs> he's a good actor. Uh, I don't know, actually. It's The Rock, but it's not The Rock. As as Jungle who is Cruise the biggest star in the world right now? Mm, kind of. See, this is what I get. I mean, I feel like we've talked about this a little bit. There right. aren't stars anymore. I know, it's which is like... why I love Julia Roberts. The last, she was the final movie star. Like, uh, my the, my, they, my instinct is to say, my, like, I thought you were gonna say Medea. Yes, the biggest star in the world, Medea. <laughs> my instinct is to say DiCaprio. But like it's, it's not, not like he's roll. He, it's not like he's rolled out a bunch of huge hits in in the last few years. Like, well, he has though. Every movie he's in is big, right? Which is why he's, which is why I think that. But it's not like he just doesn't do all that many movies. I don't know. It's a very hard question to answer now in a way that it wasn't. In I like miss I miss celebrities. Seventies, you know, eighties, nineties. I miss 90s. I miss celebrities. You miss celebrities. Yeah, who's this? No, who's a celebrity anymore? I miss Us Weekly. I miss getting my Us Weekly every week subscriber for years, of course. Do you miss TMZ? No. <laughs> TMZ killed celebrity. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about Signs. Signs starts with one of the weirdest opening credits scenes I've ever seen. It's literally just color and text. It's the only thing in the movie that I don't like. Um. I do have my, my face in my hands for this entire thing. I can't handle this right now. The James Newton Howard score to Signs is a home run. The score is the best part of the movie. Let's just get that out of the way. There are so many just like outstanding scenes in this movie. I'm not just the, saying the this to be stocks. a contrarian. I can't think of one. Oh, when Mel's in the stocks? Yeah, when he's... That's, that's first of all, whenever you use corn stocks in a movie... Or this. like... Field of Dreams, that's it. Field of Dreams. Interstellar used corn stalks. They drove Don't get me started. Some. Don't get me started. Field of Dreams, of course. You terrible. Field of Dreams. Oh my god. Field of Dreams is great. Oh, Field of Dreams is just absolutely abysmal. James Earl Jones in Field of Dreams is is a ten out of ten. I mean, yeah, sure, whatever. Corn scenes. Uh, paranoid Mel Gibson. Is always a win. Wow, what a stretch! The other uh, paranoid con- Mel Gibson. I assume you've seen Conspiracy Theory. He 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 got into the role by pretending the aliens were Jews. Yes, Mel. Look, Mel Gibson, not a good dude. No, he's he's finally come around. Phenomenal actor, superstar. I've never he's seen so good. I've a- never seen him good in anything. I've seen Braveheart. Braveheart, famously not for me. Braveheart's awesome. Obviously. He's kind Lethal of good in what great. women want. He's great in what women want. He's great in signs. He's 
great in conspiracy theory. Never seen that. Julia's in it. I know. How have you never seen that? Because uh, Mel's in it. That's the other example of paranoid Mel just being – he's like – he's well, a conspiracy he, theorist. W- wow. Again, what a stretch. <laughs> this guy – this guy, give him a placard. Um, two other just phenomenal scenes. The scene when the kids fall asleep and Joaquin Phoenix and, and Mel are sitting on the couch speaking about – it's they're basically – it's like the whole uh, theme of the movie. They're having a discussion about this, about kind of whether you whether you believe it or 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 it's kind of coincidence and just a great movie scene. And Joaquin has a great anecdote in it about the the he was gonna make out with a girl when he was younger, and he went to spit out his gum. And when he went to spit out his gum, she throws up. And so he's kind of. Thinking about this as what, what you're making. What I, do you did you you didn't enjoy this scene? I don't remember it. It's like the culminating scene in the movie, basically. Anyway, Are they wearing their little tin foil hats? <laughs> That's good stuff too. Also, the knife under the door scene when the alien is trapped in the other house. No, it's Mel not. Is, that is, is not good. That what scene are you talking is about? That is a good. perfect suspense scene. Oh my god. What are you talking about? It's fine. It's awesome. Let me tell you a big reason why I hate this movie. Go ahead. First of all, I hate all of them. So I'm supposed to feel sympathy for this family who keeps their German shepherd outside <laughs> during an alien invasion. And then there, there's a moment where they're like, oh, we forgot about Toby or whatever. That Un- was as they, as they listen to it getting murdered by the Unfathomable. aliens. Unfathomable. Yeah. That I have to listen to a German Shepherd get eaten by aliens, and they're like, oh, we forgot. <laughs> also, they forget the uh, the kid's asthma medicine upstairs. Oh, absurd. But I will say this. They don't have great memories. I will they're stressed this. out. I don't know what this says about M. Night, and it might be bad, actually. But he has a very... I guess it goes to his casting director, who I think is the same guy throughout all of these. But the child actors in all of his movies are excellent. They're always excellent. Abigail yeah. Breslin and Rory Culkin are great. They're both so in good. In Signs. Yeah. They're really, really good. I think that's, Joaquin's fine. But Wa- Joaquin's Mel, great. Mel is great. Mel, that, I, like the I whole, tune out. I think that's just why I'm in on this movie so much because they're, you know. I cannot get behind this scene with uh, this storyline with Mel and his wife. And then he, this, Kyle, this movie ends with Mel Gibson returning to the priesthood. So what? No thank you, ma'am. Not for me. Not for me. Wish they would have died. What's the problem? It's... It, what's the problem? It's Bell Gibson being like, Oh, y'all, we're going, we're going back to the church. Yeah, he's going back to the church, who I like the church less than I like Mel Gibson. They can have each other. What's the problem? Oh, now you now you dislike both. Yeah, I'm it's always stupid. Like it's both. a dumb story. Why are you going... That's not like, what it's about. I always love this like selfishness of like, oh yeah, I'm like this really religious person, and then somebody I know dies, and like I don't believe in God anymore. Like, what the fuck you? So selfish. This is like one of the most common Isn't that so interesting? stories. Isn't that interesting? Someone in who's like all of movies and all of books, someone struggling with their faith after something traumatic happens to them. But it's the most selfish thing in the world. I hate that. I hate that. Devoting your life to religion. All of the nonsense that goes on in the world, all this terrible shit, just 
tuned out, and then, oh, my wife gets hit by a car. God, where are you? Where are you, God? God, I don't believe in you anymore. It's like, well, yeah, have you been paying attention? You know why? Because nobody actually believes in God because it's ridiculous. Well, that's a good point. And so they just pretend to believe in God until something bad happens to them. That's true, but you don't. That's not the sense I'm getting from Mel here. Also, love to see Cherry Jones. She was great. Okay, let's move on. I can't yell about this anymore. Signs number one on the, Mel, on that, the M Night Power. That movie. is Kyle. That is that is honestly my only. The only thing absurd. I don't like it is, the, is that the aliens are kind of lame. Kind of lame. The build up to them is great. They look, but they don't look cool. It's a problem. The water. I'm not sure why aliens would show up to a water-filled planet to try to take its resources. But wait, I'm, <laughs> willing, I'm willing to look past those things because some of the suspense scenes are so, so good. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Let's move on. It's close between Sixth Sense and Signs. I would rather... It's close. I, th- I liked Signs a little bit better. And I would much rather rewatch Signs than Sixth Sense again. I mean, my mouth is a gape. <laughs> Let's keep moving. 2004, The Village. Yeah. Joaquin is back. Well, not only is Joaquin back. So I argue here, you know, these these M. Night movies have a habit of having pretty great casts for the most part. Oh, yeah. And I think The Village is probably his best sort of ensemble. So Joaqu- something about like the, with the way he in particular writes dialogues and does some of these scenes, they really only work with great actors. And you notice yes. it when when a not so great actor shows up and is trying to say these lines, but like sure we are talking about Ricky Creeps. Wow, I was thinking more the youngest, the the young son in <laughs> we'll old. We get to old. We can't talk about old yet. I mean, God, I mean, we're, we've been talking for three hours. This is gonna be the longest episode all right, of we all have, time. We'll keep it moving. The Village. Okay, for, uh, briefly. So we've Joaquin. Yes. Sigourney Weaver. Yes. Brendan Gleeson, right? Judy Greer, William Hurt, and then Bryce Dallas Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard, and then unfortunately, we have Adrian Brody <laughs> doing something in this movie that I cannot really comprehend. It's I I don't really know what's going on. He him. is. I'm sorry. I hate to. You're you're on the. Is this prior to or after his Oscar? Uh, it's after, right? So it came out in 2004, I think. Yeah, so after. Penis is like 2002, I want to say. One. Two? Uh, two. Two. All right. Yeah, so this is after his Oscar. It's basically his next movie after he wins the Oscar. And wow. He really was in his... Oh, sorry. He didn't win. What? Did he win? What are you talking about? Did he win? He kisses... You have a movie podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah he... he won. Christ on a cross. I was looking at this wrong. He gets up there and thinks he can just like kiss Halle Berry. Like, oh, okay, cool. Oh, that was great. No, oh, that's disgusting. Chauvinistic, fucking misogynistic. Disgusting. I hate this world. Oh, settle down. Halle Berry loved it. No, she didn't. <laughs> uh, I hate this world because Adrian Brody <laughs> kissed Halle Berry when he You know, it's Oscar. called a microcosm of the systemic problems that face the society. You want to know what his actual next movie the, oh, I thought you were going to say actual name. Between the pianist and the village was? No. I mean, I do, of course. 2003's The Singing Detective. Oh! Should we watch that? 
We should. We should do a whole pod about the it. The singing. Oh my god, Mel Gibson produced it. <laughs> oh no! I can't avoid this guy. Mel Gibson, See, Robert Downey Jr., Robin Wright, Penn, Katie. Oh Holmes wow! None of these people are problematic at all. They're all in this. What on earth is this movie? Okay, well, we're watching this. We we gotta race to the finish. I gotta watch this. Uh <laughs> so here's the thing about the village. Uh I actually think the village is quite good. I think it is too. But I think where it really, really suffers is when Bryce Dallas Howard goes out into the woods. Okay. And then we have Adrian Brody, the aforementioned, dressed up <laughs> as this fake wood monster. Oh, he's great. And there's about there's like a ten minute sequence here, which is just so unfathomably bad that it really takes you out of the whole thing. Like when she's out there by herself, right. and then Adrian Brody attacks her. Right. It the entire thing is like that whole sequence absurd. Is it is so bad. But I will say, I think this movie is more successful than not. It's a new vibe. No, I, I agree. Too. It feel and this is this is what we were sort of getting into earlier. At least for me, like this doesn't feel like the same director of the the three previous movies that we were talking about. This feels really? very to different. me. It's it's. It's feels a little bit like signs to me. Like to, to me, those those well, this is way better. Oh, I disagree. This is way better than signs. A little bit worse, but way better than signs. And and here we sort of get back into our sort of twist thing. And there are a few of them, sort of, which I guess right. sort of becomes his hallmark, where it's like, all right, we're not going to have one big thing. It's going to be we're going to bait and switch you throughout the movie. Right. I feel like the the the, the main kind of twist in the village works pretty well. I don't even know what the main one is. Well, I was going to say, you know, spoiler alert here, but the, the reveal that it's, like, modern day. Sure. When she finds, like, the, the cop or whatever patrolling the grounds or so that, whatever Yeah, I guess that is the modern one. I mean, there are a few. Like, so there's that. There's the one that's It's kind of goofy, but it, it works. I like that. And then there's the one that's sort of set up. Uh, so I guess the first sort of twist is, like, we're, we're in this world where we're told that, like, in the woods, there are these monsters, right? right. And don't go into the woods. So then we find out that that's all an illusion. Right. So those don't exist. Right. It's and, just the, the elders Right. And then we find out sort of, I guess, the third sort of bait and switch is the fact that, like, why they're all there in the first place. Right. Is right. the reason, you know, that they were all sort of, like, at this facility together. Right. Blah, they blah. found each other and decided to kind of go off and do this. Right. I, I ultimately kind of enjoy uh this movie and i th- I, I don't really know where its reputation stands i guess necessarily i i think it's good i mean i think it's better than signs i think it's better than uh unbreakable so at this point we've basically you know not counting wide awake whatever that is I'm we've got awake. six cents unbreakable signs the village correct that's a pretty good you know sure that's a pretty good four movies to for all intents and purposes, start your career with. I mean, one is obviously a mega smash hit. Agreed. The other three are at least pretty well liked. Sure. And then things kind of go a little bit downhill. <laughs> 2006, we get Lady in the Water, which neither of us has ever seen. <laughs> and desperately wanted to watch for the first time for this. But, uh, you know, I had to make lunch or something. <laughs> well, also, 
it wasn't on Peacock in the Was M. Night Shyamalan collection. I mean, it didn't listen, make the collection. That's the thing, too. If you're like listening to this and you want to sort of watch some of these movies, there's a whole M. Night Shyamalan collection on Peacock. Okay, hold on. I'm going to read you the Wikipedia. Not the full plot summary, but just like the, the main one at the top of the Wikipedia page. Okay. The film's clot, plot concerns the superintendent of a Philadelphia apartment complex. Oh, shocking. Who discovers a young woman in the swimming pool. Gradually, he and his neighbors learn that she is a water nymph whose life is in danger from a vicious wolf-like mystical creature called a scrunt that tries to keep her from returning to her watery blue world. Sure. No, thank you. (laughs) Lady in the Water, all-time bad title. The title's not that bad, is it? Lady in the Water. You don't like Lady in the title of anything. Just Just a bad title. The movie, you know, it basically broke even at the box office. It did? But pretty terrible reviews. I mean, like, its production budget and its worldwide box office were about even, so it lost sure. money. Well, again, you know, we're getting Bryce Dallas Howard back. She's she back. S- she can see this time. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> uh, can she see? Is she the water nymph? Actually, I don't know. I, you know... That's a great question. I have not Her seen character's this. name I is have not Story. I have not seen this film. Jared Harris is in this movie? Oh. Um, all right. Well, uh, we'll keep it moving since neither of us have seen Lady in the Water. Yeah, God bless. 2008. Let's rattle off the next few movies here before we dive into The Happening for a minute. 2008, The Happening. 2010, The Last Airbender. 2013, After Earth. 2015, The Visit. Yeah. So, Lady in the Water, The Happening, The Last Airbender, After Earth, The Visit. Correct. So, you know, I talked about the, a great way to start your career with those four <laughs> movies. Uh, the next five follow-ups. Uh, not, it's not, not what you're looking for. So, it's 2008. Where were you? I did not see The Happening in theaters. Okay. Did you? Uh, no. The first time I saw The Happening was for this podcast. Oh, right. I forgot about that. Uh, I have seen The Happening uh, a few times, like all kind of within, it was making like an HBO run. Sure. And I watched it all and then like just kind of had to rewatch it in chunks (laughs) afterwards. I mean, how could you not? So The Happening, how does one uh, describe The Happening? Kyle, when I tell you. That when I watch this movie, I think to myself, is M. Night Shyamalan pranking all of us? And has he been this entire time? Because, so, no, go on. I, I, go on. So this movie... Is it even a movie? Is it even a movie? I'm not sure what that means. Is it, is it, is it a joke? Is it performance art? I don't know. Is it a sketch? Well, honestly, we'll get to this later, but... This is the movie to me that feels the most similar to old. Yes, agree with that. In that, <clears throat> there are really good things in the happening. What? Name? I don't know. One? The mass suicides are good. That those are good scenes. Okay, this is where my... people just start heaving themselves off the building. Okay, that's a great my... like setup for a movie. Okay. Great thought. I had this exact same one. Where I'm watching this movie, first of all, the opening credits to this are the worst opening credits in movie history. It's just like clouds and there's like 
words. <laughs> and then we get to the scene in like Central Park where people, <laughs> which like, I think maybe I'm making this up, but I, I do think there's a part in this movie where somebody says, they're hitting Central Park. And somebody goes, New York? <laughs> anyway. Um, there are a lot of lines. This like opening that. scene where people are just like sort of freezing and whatever in, in Central Park is like, this is so bad. What's happening? And then we get to this construction site. Oh. The fact that the movie doesn't start with the construction site scene where people are throwing their bodies off the roof is insane. It's a great scene. It is a good scene. That was really all I remembered as far as there being good things. In terms of like – now, good things in terms of like I, – I, this, this is the whole thing about this movie. It's so bad – for the most part. For the most part? That it's like... It's like so obviously bad. But I don't... This is the great dilemma. I urge anybody who has never seen this movie to drop what you're doing. Pause the podcast now. And please do come back. But pause and come back. There's no way to understand. Okay, they just I've, watched it. They paused. They, they've just come back. Welcome back. Just after. joking. This movie's really good. <laughs> uh... I've heard people talk about the happening before. I think you, uh, one of them, and I usually don't listen to you, uh, talk yeah, about <laughs> talk about this movie in the sense of like, it is so bad, but it's good, and it's weird, and you can't stop watching it. And I was like, there's no way. Kyle, this is one of the weirdest, best experiences I've ever had. This is what I'm saying. I couldn't keep my eyes off of this monstrosity. Yes. And like, the line deliveries are so bad and so obviously bad that it, they must have been doing it on purpose. Okay, but you're saying obviously bad as if Mark Wahlberg and Zoe Deschanel are fucking Brando and Grace Kelly. <laughs> Look, Mark Wahlberg's performance. It's one of the most fascinating things in I've ever this seen. movie is the weirdest thing <laughs> I have ever Okay. Scene. The scene where they come across the old woman in the house and she starts accusing them of like wanting to kill her. And he get Mark Wahlberg gives the she's like, You're coming here to kill me and he just goes, What? <laughs> no. It's the best line delivery I've ever seen in my entire That's life. Absurd. The entire thing is utterly unbelievable. Okay. Mark Wahlberg, of course of all, being cast in anything is okay. This is what's weird. Mark Wahlberg has been good in stuff. Mark Wahlberg in The Departed? Great. He's really good. I, I think Mark Wahlberg is kind of a sucky guy, probably. But he's proven that he can be a decent actor. What goes on here in this movie with him? <laughs> it has to be seen to be believed. And the only explanation is that Mark Wahlberg is the greatest actor of all time. And he knew what he was doing. That's the only explanation. That is the only explanation for what we witness here. Like, to me, in my head, like, when they were on set, Knight was like, no, but, like, do it, do it, like, cartoonishly goofy. Just, just as a, as a goof. And then he used all of those line readings in the movie. You know what I mean? He was just like, sure. He, did, he would do like 10 takes of a scene on the 10th one. He's like, this one's just for fun. Everyone just mess around <laughs> a little bit. And every single one of those takes is in the movie. Maybe. <laughs> now, going into this, I did not expect this to be a movie about plants. 
Oh my god. I did not expect this to be a movie no. about plants. M Night's getting deep. We're going, you know, global warming. They're uh But it's not really about global warming. Oh, I know. But it's the plants have turned on us. The because... plants have turned on us. I mean the As they the... should, frankly. Oh, please. I mean, look, you love to eat plants. It's pretty rude. <laughs> Give me shit for eating animals, but here you are eating plants as if they're not living things. Oh, God. If a plant wants to kill me, do it now. I would love to die by rosebush. Now, listen. One of the one of my favorite parts about this movie – God, I could talk about this movie forever. I want to watch it again right now. It's so bad. When – This is why I don't know if it's the worst movie I've well, – one of the exactly. worst movies ever. There's no way great. to know. It's like how do we compartmentalize something good and something watchable? And we'll talk about this with old, but – one of the best parts about this movie is that Mark Wahlberg is a high school science teacher, right? <laughs> and they treat him like he has just won the Nobel Prize in science. They treat him like he's the smartest person on planet Earth, and he goes along with it. And then, like, the <laughs> it's great. The scenes with him as a teacher is just unreal. Okay, hold on. I have a line written down from Zoe Deschanel, one yes. of our greatest actresses, where she. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read some of these I'm just gonna read some of these notes here. Let's hear so this is a line of dialogue from Zoe. And this is after so this is after basically if you haven't seen this movie, go watch it. But you know, there all these people are dying in the northeast. Nobody really knows why. They're targeting it feels like large populations, and then it just seems to be taken out everybody, and it might be because of nature or whatever. Zoe Deschanel goes Whatever it is. A nuclear leak, terrorists, plants. It's probably best to get away from people right now. <laughs> and she delivers it like that. Oh, phenomenal stuff. Whatever it is, a nuclear leak, terrorists, plants. <laughs> I love this movie. This is... Mark Wahlberg talks to a plant. Oh my god, that scene's so good. I he forgot. He talks about that to scene. a plant. Yes. That is one of the all you know. Wow. If Mark Wahlberg ever dies, they're gonna end If Mark Wahlberg <laughs> ever dies. Doesn't he Honestly, feel like he feels like someone who's If never there was die. anybody who was never yeah, that's actually a great point. If there's ever an immortal human being I mean he wakes up at what, one AM to start his day to do his like seven hours of crunches or whatever. Did you see Mark Wahlberg <laughs> there's a tweet going around today where Mark Wahlberg said who he would like to play him in a biopic. Oh, I did not see this. Tom Holland. <laughs> <laughs> But, of course, it's one of these things of, like, you know, just people getting mad being like, oh, you think you deserve a biopic? But it was like somebody asked him in, like, press for his shitty new movie, if you ever had a biopic, who would play you? He's like, I don't know, Tom Holland? I don't fucking know. And people are like, oh, my God, he's so egotistical, thinks he deserves a biopic. He should play himself. I mean, Honestly. I would watch a biopic about Mark Wahlberg. What's your favorite Mark, Mark Wahlberg performance? There is an answer, obviously. My favorite Mark Wahlberg performance. And it's not The Departed. Yours is probably The Departed. I mean... My, like, actual one is Boogie Nights, but you're going to say Fear. I'm going to say Fear. And Boogie Nights is probably number two. It, like, li I mean, I say Fear as uh, sort of a ha-ha, he's the hottest person ever made in that movie. But Boogie <laughs> Nights... great, by the way. Legit. Day, I mean... Oh, I it's probably watching. really bad. Oh, my God, I want to go on a roller coaster so bad. <laughs> okay, don't look at me like Not that. Not with you. 
<laughs> I have been saying we should go to Disneyland, Kyle. <laughs> oh, my fantasy's playing out. Oh, Jesus. No, I think Boogie Nights is my legit answer. He's and so, then Departed. He's so good in it. Oh, I mean. And he's great in Departed. I dare say that nobody else could have really done he, Boogie Nights. He's great in everything. Well, of course, the famous example there is that um, DiCaprio turned it down. Oh, I'm not sure if I knew that. It was. It was. Uh, I cannot see DiCaprio in that at all. I think he turned it down to do Titanic. Really interesting. I never knew that. Is that right? Is that check out time wise? I think it does. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. <clears throat> oh well, I mean Wahlberg is excellent casting. In yes. Boogie oh, Nights. absolutely. That's. I mean, that has to be him. Oh, um, now so I'm last... watching Boogie Nights. Talk about great casting. It's, that entire thing is. Oh perfect. my god. I need to rewatch that. I know. Let's do that right now. Well, we got a PTA movie coming out later this year, hopefully. I know. I hope so. We can do a, a Paul Thomas episode. Oh, would love that. It's interesting that, like, so the twist, quote-unquote, I guess, in this is that, like, it's just, like, the trees are, are killing everyone. Right. So this is but, interesting. But, like, they bring it up, like, halfway through. They, they like, hypothesize that that's what's happening, like, so halfway through the movie, So this follows right? the signs model. That's what I'm saying, where they, they, they hint that they don't like water halfway through that movie. Sure. And, like, you're watching The Happening, this movie that is completely insane, and halfway through, they're like, someone's like, hey, it could be the plants. And they're like, well, it's not going to be the plants. <laughs> right. This doofus brings and up plants. Be the plants. And they, at the movie. end, you're like, it was the plants. I think The Happening might be number one on my list now. Well, The Happening Just has... jump signs. <laughs> the Happening has to be... I mean, if anybody wants to put on The Happening for, like, a midnight show oh, thing... It's, it's perfect for that. Oh my god! It should become like a cult thing. I feel like it. I feel like it sort of is. It probably already is. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! What a film! What a flick! Cinema. 2010. He makes the last Airbender. Neither of us have ever seen it. Beloved TV show. They turn it into a live action movie. Apparently, the Netflix show was great. Yes. So says kind of everyone, but whatever. I. I haven't even... I know nothing about this Not movie. my culture. And it has it, it, a terrible no, rating. Everybody seemed to hate nothing it. Nothing against it. Nothing against it. It's just not my culture. 2013, After Earth. <coughs> I coughed because I was opening a beer. Great. Because the cough sound is much better to listen to. I don't want people to know I'm drinking on the podcast. <laughs> okay. Uh, After Earth. Uh, in the top... Two worst movies I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, so you've seen this, which is shocking. So you saw this in theaters? No, I watched it at home, I think. It was which is like, almost crazier. <laughs> I think it popped up on I or IMDb, on HBO or something like that. I don't know why I watched this movie. And you watched the whole thing? I did. It was like, it was, I was like, all right, Will Smith is in this what were you go- what, movie with What Will were you Smith. going through at the moment? Unclear. But Game of the year, I could tell you. Uh, 2013. Didn't know you. Great. <laughs> Uh, this movie is completely... <laughs> That's what you're going through. You didn't know me yet. <laughs> this movie is completely insane. It's... I think it's one of the two worst movies I've ever seen. What's the other one? Uh, Suicide Squad. <laughs> Will Smith is both of my two wow. least favorite movies. Wow. You hate Will Smith. Well, like, Will Smith is the type where even if he makes a movie that people are saying is bad, I kind of want to see it just because he's Will Smith. Doesn't hit that level for me at all. I'm sorry to say, never been a big Will Smith guy. Sorry to say. That's, feels What's like, my favorite Will Smith performance? Feels like the wrong take. Men in Black? Independence, Independence Day? Independence Day is great. All of his like... Bad Boys is great. I've never seen Bad Boys. 
my god. Never seen Bad Boys. Uh, he is, I believe, paralyzed the entirety of this movie and just like yelling out directions to his son. Now, I respect brutal. that. If I were Will Smith, one of the most famous movie stars in the world, I'd say I will do the shitty movie, but I will not be standing up. <laughs> this movie is is just brutal. I don't. I, I don't remember anything about it. It's so bad that I basically was just like, that was awful. I'll never think about it again. And here I am talking about it on a podcast. 2015, The Visit. I've never seen it. You've seen it. Have seen it. Uh, did not watch it this week. Couldn't tell you one thing about it. <laughs> I know nothing about this. Um, well, it's a found footage comedy horror film. Mm-hmm. There you go. With nobody in it that we know. I truly... Catherine I, Hans in it. Well, icon, legend, she is the moment. I, I, this is what a weird. I don't know any of these people in this cast. Well, I think he was probably coming off these just two absolute. That's true. So he had some epic failures. So bombs. He makes, makes a really low budget movie, and it does pretty well. How much does it make? Uh, domestically. Domestically, it makes sixty-five million. That's pretty good. On a budget of $5 million, so that's yeah. outstanding. So, yeah, so that's a huge success for at least. So he needed to come back. This movie, I don't think, is particularly well-received. Right? I, I, I don't really remember. Critical response. Yeah, I mean, I guess it has an okay, but not great. Yeah, sure. But it makes money, and so but, he's back. So that lays the path for what? 2016 next. split. Yeah. And I guess we can combine it with 2019's Glass. Yeah, two movies which I've watched in the past 48 hours. <laughs> uh, I saw Split a few years ago. I've never I had I did not see Glass. But here we are in the uh Unbreakable Commitment universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Split was like I mean barely though. Barely was Yeah, Split, split is like bar- yeah, only at the end, right? You see Bruce Willis spoiler alert at the very end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, Split is an interesting movie. I didn't love it. it. wasn't quite for me, but like, it's pretty well done. If you're into that sort of thing, uh, it's like kind of what psychological horror and James McAvoy is just really going for it. Listen, playing how many different personalities? Too many. Oh my you... god, twenty three. It can't be twenty three. Twenty three and me says, has identified twenty three distinct alter forms. Okay, however many it is. This movie really hinges on the McAvoy performance, right? Right. And there are times when you're watching it and you're thinking, what is he doing? And do I like it? But ultimately, I think he really is pretty great in Split. Okay. I, 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 I was on board. I, I like Split quite a bit. Did and it? I am a poet. Uh, Where does it stand? In my Shyamalan rankings? <laughs> yeah. Are we going to spoil that now? Split's number two. Number two? Yeah. Behind what? The Happening? Do you want to see yourself out of your own apartment? <laughs> I don't know how to rank The Happening. I love it. Sure. Well, of course. I know. Me too. Um, he really goes for it, and I think he's pretty successful. And ultimately, I think that's what the movie hinges on. But it also hinges on uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, who I did not know was in the Unbreakable Universe before I watched these two movies. <laughs> She's great. Is she in Glass, too? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Uh, she, like, Haley Lou Richardson, this young actress who I really like, she's in Split. She's she's good. She's, like, one of the, you know, kidnapped girls, uh, whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. I quite enjoyed it. it. It's longer than a typical Shyamalan movie, but it also, I think maybe what you're, you sort of, 
we're scratching at a little bit is like it does feel it feels more like a studio movie than I think anything that had come before. Like there's something a little bit more like traditional superhero-y beat about it. Like it felt okay. It felt like Shyamalan making a studio movie where I think a lot of the stuff that came before definitely felt like more of his own vision. I mean, despite the fact that he wrote and directed The Thing, it felt a little bit the more... Thing. <laughs> it felt a little bit more impersonal, uh, a little bit. But I, re- I I don't know. I enjoyed it. And really? I think and I think it comes down to the James McAvoy performance, and it also comes down to the fact that James McAvoy is really hot. Okay. Yeah, he's hot. I don't think of him as hot in Split. What? Oh my god. He's just, he's like, I don't know, he's got like that uh, shaved head. Okay, keep going. (laughs) Not great. I mean, he's jacked. Yeah, well, that's all I care about. (laughs) Split was a hit. Shaved head, jacked? I mean, let's jerk off. Oh god. (laughs) Want to ride a roller coaster? Uh, Split apparently made, according to Wikipedia, apparently made 138 million domestically. M Night is back against a production budget of nine million dollars. That's insane. <laughs> that is. M Night is back in a big way. Oh yeah, man. And then we have Glass. That's a lot of money. Glass. I did not see Glass because I didn't love Split. What did you? What was your? How do you feel about Glass? That? For me, is a pretty steep step down uh, from Split. It. So Glass is essentially. God, this made so much money too. I know. And break. Uh, I made 111 domestically, but over almost 250 million worldwide on a 20 million dollar. So budget. Glass is essentially like the Unbreakable Avengers, right? So it combines it's James McAvoy, and then we have Bruce Willis, and then we have Samuel L. Jackson, right, from Unbreakable. So they're all back, and it just doesn't quite coalesce into anything that exciting or that interesting it ultimately i think it's like the origin stories of all these people were far more interesting than all of them together gotcha it just doesn't quite add up to anything um it it's longer it's a little bit more bloated james mcavoy is still hot maybe even hotter than he was in split really still buzzed head oh my god it's pretty outrageous um, never thought about him sexually before until I saw these movies. Really? Never in my life. And then I saw, I was like, oh, wow, okay. Um, but even, like, even something like his performance, don't look up James McAvoy shirtless, because I will actually have to pause again and, you know, pull my pants down. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, wow. Kyle's <laughs> looking up photos of James McAvoy on his computer in my view, which is a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, look, every... No, but you have to look up... No, you have to... He's a really good-looking guy until you get to any of the pictures of him in Split. What? Here we go. Oh! Okay, I get it. I'm choking. I can't look at that. Stop choking. Okay. I get Uh, it. You know, ultimately, I think it's sort of a problem I have with Unbreakable in the sense that it's it's just... It's not a very pretty movie to look at. Mm. It's kind of gray and ugly and dark and, like... And then it sort of culminates in this scene outside where, like, James McAvoy is, like, eating cops. And, like, 
no law enforcement is showing up outside this mental facility and it's like in a parking lot and she's like what is happening and sarah paulson is there who's doing her best but it's just like ultimately it doesn't really feel i think like the momentous sort of like culmination of like a these three characters that it's supposed to. Gotcha. Um, it, it, it's for me a pretty step down from uh, from Split, and like even McAvoy's performance, I think, like Split to me felt a little bit more nuanced and a little. It's a little bit smaller and nuanced. Well, the movie itself a little bit. I okay. think when it's all about him, it kind of works a little bit better in an odd way. Yeah. When it sort of gets broader, it. I don't know. Glass. It, it doesn't. Glass, it it doesn't quite. Uh. Well, it's you know, it's Mr. Glass. Is that his name? It's a fun title. It's fine. Glass. Yeah. I left this Shamathon experience being like, who is this guy? Right. And like, I, I really like one of his movies, and that's The Sixth Sense. I quite like a couple. Some of them I really think are quite bad. So then you and I... Almost unspeakably bad. Which leads us into... After Earth, I mean. Not which, the happening. The happening's great. Which leads us into the experience we had last night. Yes. Now, there were a grand total of four people in the theater, <laughs> including ourselves. We thought we were going to be alone in the entire movie theater until right as it started when two people arrived, unfortunately. <sighs> Although, actually, I say unfortunately, but it actually helped. It was huge. I mean, we would have been probably cackling at, at things that it's unclear whether they're supposed to be funny kind of throughout the movie. We were the only ones there. Yeah. But eventually, like two-thirds of the way through the movie, everyone just kind of broke at a couple scenes. Absolutely. And all four of us. Isn't that – the freedom of that is so beautiful. When everyone breaks? When – yes. Because I – tell me if Reminiscent you have, of Cats. Yes, Exactly. Tell me if you had the same experience, though. When those two girls waddled in, I thought, oh, God, who are these chicks? The one was, like, skipping. Did you, did you notice that? Yeah, she was kind of hoppy. I thought they were, like, like I, I was like, oh, God, this isn't going to be good. They're going to be talking the whole time. They're going to be on their phones. They're going to be annoying. They were not. They were locked in. They were locked in just like you and they I were. have a movie podcast. The Popcorn Girls. <laughs> Hey, listen, popcorn girls, if you're out there, give us a shout. Come on. We'd love to talk about it all with you. I was like, oh, God, they're going to be so annoying. But God bless those two because they were right where we were. They, I think they actually started before us. Like, they gave me the freedom right. to let me like be me. Snickers, and then suddenly there was a scene where we all – We all – Almost like – I think they, like, heard one of us – like Maybe. trying to hold back a laugh and it completely <laughs> yeah. broke them and then we all just started laughing. Yeah. I mean there were a couple of moments where I leaned over to you and I was like, What is happening? Yes. Uh to be I, clear, I really enjoyed seeing this movie. Oh, Kyle, it was the most fun I've had in the theater since cats. <laughs> I mean, I I urge everybody to go in, to go see this movie in theaters, but you have to go in with the right mindset. You have to go in, have a couple drinks before it. God, imagine if I had done that. Oh boy. Wow. By the way, yes, please, by all means, go see this. In oh, the no, theaters. actually. Pay extra for your tickets. <laughs> I need buy, the box office Buy challenge. two tickets for Black Widow and then go see Old. But if you if you go in, it, which is funny because 
I went into this thing. We talked about this. But, like, I went in being like, eh, this will be fine. I didn't go in expecting the experience that I had, which was, like, that freedom of letting go about halfway through when I told myself, this movie is hilarious. (laughs) Right, right. Where I just... Well, I and, almost I like lost it. Like and there's couldn't enough stop. hints in the trailer that I wasn't shocked that this is well where it went just in terms of being ridiculous. Well, let's say it on three. One, two, three. There's something wrong with this beach. Right. I couldn't remember the exact <laughs> line, but there's something. There's wrong something with, wrong with this. There's beach. something wrong with this beach. Could you believe I found this place online? <laughs> that oh, that's that's. Like, Could you believe I found this place online? Can you believe I found this place online? First of all, in a movie in 2021. Where else would you find it? But also, don't we find out that she didn't? Don't we find out that, like, the pharmacy told her about it? I don't remember that. Isn't... That's how they recruit all these people. That's how they find the people with all of the, like, ailments. Is that they go for... Spoilers abound for the rest of this. Oh, listen to me. Again, Uh, if if you you haven't seen seen old... Check back in next week. Get bl- popcorn buy boys out. Black pop, 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 pop. That's popcorn popping. I cannot the podcast. recommend this movie enough. You're talking about them them finding their like test patients. Correct. But my understanding was not everyone at the resort is they is a test patient. They only like because they don't send everyone who shows up to the resort to the beach. Of course. So I figured that it's just whoever shows up at this place, then they figure out which one of them have these ailments. And no, them no, no, no. They have a whole thing where they explain that they like recruited those people somehow. Oh. Yeah, I guess that makes more sense. Yeah, they like, they like somehow. Who are, you, who are the other people who are just like at the resort having a good time that they don't send to the beach? They're like, can you believe I found this, found this place online? <laughs> can you believe I found this place online? Can you believe... I found this place. Hey, there's online. a candy bar. It's the internet. We can find anything. That is just one of the great lines. There are so many of those types of lines. I need my calcium. <laughs> I need my calcium. Will go down in cinematic history as a great line. Forgive me. You know, you know, uh, what are some other lines? <laughs> <laughs> Forgive me? What is Forgive that? Forgive me, dear. I don't give a damn. I was trying to come up with some real quick. That's not the line. Forgive me, dear? <laughs> Frankly, my dear, <laughs> I don't give a damn. Yeah, well, yeah, he's trying to think of the most famous lines in movie history. <laughs> oh, no. And all he comes up with oh, is, no. Forgive me, dear, which isn't a line. <laughs> Oh, God, we've lost him. This is a nightmare. <laughs> Forgive me, my dear. I need, we need to stop. <laughs> this is like me and old last oh, night. Oh, God. Forgive me, dear. Oh, no. <laughs> Jesus. That is unbelievable. Play it again, Jack. <laughs> Uh, insane lines. Forget. I will never gonna get over that. Oh, you shouldn't forgive. I was so confident too. I just posted an ad on LinkedIn for a new podcast co-host. <laughs> forget. Oh my god. I am so sorry to everybody listening. And if you're still listening, get some help. <laughs> there, are, there are people who have been. Plowing through all however long this podcast been just just waiting for our thoughts on old. And little do they know. And I'm gonna go with the wind quote wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Forgive me. 
All right. Hey, forgive me, dear. We, we got to get back to old because there's there's more to talk about. Oh my god, there's too much to talk about. It, it's it's one of those movies that's hard to even discuss because it's so not absurd. for me. Um, what what's what's that other line with that when the swimmer washes up on the beach? Okay, so again, these are all going to be spoilers. So I mean, should we let's just quickly establish what this movie's even about? Because if you haven't seen it, I still think it's a fascinating movie to hear people talk about. So essentially, these people end up at a resort in. Do we even know where? Uh, I know they shot it in the Dominican Republic, but I don't think they you say know, where. Some it is. whatever beachy, tr- you know, tropical vacation locale. It's like fancy resort. Oh, that was another thing. They pull up, and one of the people goes, "This is so much better than Cancun." <laughs> what? Know. What do you have against Cancun? So many, like the travel, the, like the tourism bureau of like the Dominican Republic probably like paid them Prob- no. some money to sit there. 100%. 100%. So it's all these people and they're at this like very nice resort, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Basically the concierge finds them and is like, hey, you yeah. don't tell everyone about this beach, but there's a private beach. It'll be the best, the best part of your trip. Right. And so they all go to this beach and suddenly, wow, things go haywire. So basically the, the, the concept of the beach is that like Something is messed up with... Well, there's something wrong with this beach. There's, there certainly is. And within five minutes, we do meet a rapper. <laughs> yes. Who goes by... Famously goes by Mid-Sized <laughs> Sedan. That's his rap name. I mean, listen. When you meet a rapper on a beach called Mid-Sized Sedan, you know you were in for something. Okay? And, and then like, he goes, Dad, that's Mid-Sized that's, Sedan. And then they like don't... Really mentioned that he's a rapper no, the, never. the entire rest of the movie. Never at all. Never again. <laughs> never once. So the whole gist of the beach is that the you get gist. time is going exceedingly quickly on this beach. And so uh, the oldest woman like just dies. The dog <laughs> dies. And, and within then, five minutes, they're all over it. Right. They're trying to... They try to get off the beach and something weird happens when they try to leave the way they came. And they basically yeah. black out. They can't leave. Suddenly, they notice at first, even though even though people have died already. Honestly, the reactions to people dying in this movie, <laughs> I don't even have the words to describe. Like, someone will have just died like horrifically in some like brutal way, and like there's one person will scream, and then the rest of them will be like, eh. and then they like go just do something else. <laughs> So, yeah. So, essentially, they're trying to figure out how to get off this beach because there's something wrong with it. And, you know, they they have, what is it, a 6 and an 11-year-old, the main children. Sure, yeah. And, obviously, what if, do you do? If, a, if, if everyone is aging extremely quickly on this beach, they notice it first in the children because, you know, going from, say, 50 to 55 is a lot less noticeable than going from 6 to 11 years old. Is that true? Is that a joke? I guess it is. You, you, like, grow really quickly when you're younger. According to who? <laughs> um, well, okay. Can we talk about the sex scene? Cut. This is one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen. One of the weirdest. So these two, let's call them babies? They're six <laughs> when the movie starts. So basically, there's there's a total of three kids. But the girl's on the beach. even younger. No, no, she's also six, I believe. They say her age, and it's very close to what to what okay. the main kid is, or or 
close enough anyway. But so basically, because they're aging so quickly on the beach, these two six-year-olds are now somewhere between, I don't know, 16 and 20 based on like how they look all of a sudden. Yes. But you're under the impression that when they had sex, they were that age. They were 16 to 20. Because when they were in that like tent, they looked younger than that to me. Like, that, to me, felt pre-sex, right? They felt younger. Like, to me, that those were, like, two eight-year-olds fucking. No. Are you sure? No. <laughs> Look, it's weird either way. Like, you don't very say. weird. Basically, like, a lot of people have died, and they are, like... They're In love consoling each other by they're like hiding away from all the traumatic things that are happening on the beach by being in this tent and then this, like this girl's they, grandmother has just died mere minutes ago <laughs> and they're like are going through puberty really quickly and like it's not like a graphic scene or anything like they don't actually we don't see it right but like they're like console they're like not consoling they're they're like hugging each it's other basically and it's implied that they have sex and, and she the, comes out of, the come tent out of the tent and she's pregnant. very, very pregnant. <laughs> she comes out of the tent pregnant. They're all happy, giddy, giddy. Look at us. Look at us. Meanwhile, they're like, people are dying. I don't know why you're so excited about you freaks. And then she comes out and then gives birth. Gives birth. The baby dies. The baby dies immediately. Immediately. Because they forgot how fast time was moving. Baby dies immediately. What? <laughs> What the fuck? Why did that happen? Wait. The weirdest part about this, this is a big part of the movie that I don't understand. These people's bodies are aging rapidly. Are their brains. Because. It's unclear. After the scene, even if this kid is like 16, he's thinking, she's pregnant. And he's acting like he was when they got to the beach, which is like a six-year-old. And he's like, oh, He's just like, oh, that's how babies are made. And he's like, oh, I thought you told me you had to, you had to do it a bunch of times or something. Right. It's like, what the hell? So the way I perceive it, I guess, is that like their brains are aging as well, but they're but they're because things are going so quickly, they don't have like the life experiences to go with it. Because part of, like I say that because the the doctor, his brain is clearly aging because he's like going well, nuts or whatever. The schizophrenic the doctor, of course. Is he schizophrenic? That's what we're diagnosing him as. <clears throat> well, whatever. He's the clearly, schizophrenic doctor. His, yeah. The issues in his brain are... The schizophrenic murdering doctor, yeah. <laughs> yes. The issues that he's going through are increasing. And well, they sure so something are. is happening in his brain, obviously. Also a racist. Yes, go on. Yes. He was great, by the way. The actor who played that doctor. He, I, did, he, did, what he, he did what he could. He was killing it. He did what he could. But yeah, so I, I my answer, I guess, in the way I saw it is that Yes, they their brains are, you know, they're becoming adults, but just lacking that life experience and knowledge, I guess. that. Right. But, like, when the movie continues and, you know. And it does, unfortunately. And and uh, Eliza Scanlon ends up dying. Rough stretch for her. She's six years old. 
She has sex rough, by accident. A rough ten minutes. A rough has ten baby, minutes. The baby life. dies, and then not long after that, she like tries to climb the wall and just dies. She she does unfortunately die from falling from a cliff. I would say ten minutes after losing <laughs> her baby. Yeah, but like the main kid, like they by the end of the movie, like he and his sister seem like they kind of have it together. Sure, you know what I mean. Like well, they went to the they went to the coral, yeah. <laughs> but their brains like keep developing and they like become adults right. it's very unclear well and also it's like if we're if we're using that's one thing right but then there's a second level to it of like their parents died and i would say maybe five hours later they're making a sandcastle i, I thought the sandcastle was nice but their parents died. It's a real human moment. No acknowledgement of it. Their, their parents, parents died of died. old age. <laughs> their parents died of old age. Yes. Which, but their parents died. I, I can't yeah. even. I cannot discuss that scene at the moment. It's one of the best scenes I've ever, ever watched. So their parents die of old age. They, I guess, just go to bed. Right. Yeah, if you're stuck on this beach where you're aging insanely fast, like it's something. What what are they? The math was like a year every thirty minutes, something, something like, like that. that. Are you gonna go to sleep and wake up like? like um, well, know, mom and dad, they died. Unfortunately, did die last night. You sleep night. for. You, know, you have a nice four-hour sleep, and you're a decade older. Mom and dad, twenty-four hours ago, who were you know forty, they have passed. <laughs> Of old age. And you want to make a sandcastle? What? The sandcastle was a great move. Oh my god. Absurd. And so eventually, um, in truly just a wild moment, um, they find like a, what is it, a, uh, what would you even call the the message? The, they, a well, they don't even message find this like, one of their friends dork at, at, the the, resort. at the resort. Who they met, again, 24 hours ago when this person was six and he's now 50. Uh, this, like, weirdo at the resort sent him a coded message that he decodes and it says, my uncle doesn't like the coral. Is that correct? Yes. So these you know, geniuses read that and say, we got to swim out we of the coral. coral and we'll, our problems will be solved. I don't understand why. So they swim out to the coral they kind of get stuck in the coral. Which, take off the thing. <laughs> that drove me nuts. Her, like, her, like, what is that called? Her, like, cover you up go to the beach. Cover up, thank yeah. you. Uh, her cover up gets stuck in the coral. I was like, she's going to die here. <laughs> take okay. it off! But, like, so M. Night Shyamalan is playing the, like, van driver. We, the fact that we haven't discussed he casts himself in every one of his movies oh, like a it. psychotic freak. Love it. Love it. Anyway, his I whole job is to, like, make sure they're dead. And he's like, yeah, they seem dead. He's like, I waited for a minute and a half. Like, now, that, that that's what? what I was trying to figure out. Like, was he saying, like, because time goes so fast, oh. that's, like, that means, but that's not how it works. No. Right, like if you held your water, if you went underwater for thirty seconds on this beach, you're fine, right? Or, or is time going that quickly? It can't be because underwater. they were underwater, and they, they're at, make they're, sense. they're at the coral. His uncle hates the coral. What's the deal with the coral? Absolutely it's, it's like no idea. It's a safe haven from the effects let's of the beach. Let's say something to do with science. 
This whole movie's about science in a way that I don't quite understand. Old. But yeah, so they get out, and then ultimately we find that this movie now. Yeah, is, now we get the twist. Is there sort of a psychological or sort of like social commentary here that is worth analyzing? This I so essentially we find out that all these people are on this beach to do, I guess, clinical trials of. Right, it turns out it's a company doing clinical clinical tile, trials on humans because time is moving so fast. They can test their whatever drugs much quicker than you know in, sure. in real life. And they've all determined that they've all determined that this is hours. fine. Well, it's the greater good. But again, uh, also this was the what they said the seventy third group to go. Seventy third group, yeah. So 72 groups of people have just come to this resort and died. And no one's been like, what's up with this place? Well, they take their passports before they go. Please, <laughs> listen. You don't think these people they are... They found this place online. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean... What a crazy, like, twist. I mean, not crazy and, like, it blows your mind. Just crazy and, like, what? But is there a commentary there? Like, do you On think what? there's any credence to that idea? Like would and are we supposed to think that there is? Are there people that would do clinical trials? But also, well, in this right. scenario? but also, this is the thing Probably. too. Well, right, there would be people who would volunteer, don't you think? What? Don't you think there would be people who would volunteer to go to the beach? Remember the tumor scene? That was fun. It's a cantaloupe. I liked that uh, they were as yeah as they were cutting the tumor out, it kept growing and kept then growing. they tried like. They tried to. That was actually a pretty good scene when they tried to cut her open, but it, it, it was, was fine. healing too quickly. So then they had to like hold her open. Yeah. Well, the one to well, you referenced this earlier. We didn't get back to it. Calcium. So, huh? Calcium. Well, no. I didn't mean calcium. I mean, she was iconic. I mean, she's the best <laughs> character in the movie. <laughs> she was out of control. But so there's this one scene where this guy. They sort of theorize that if they swim far enough, maybe they can get out to another side where they can go get help. And so they're like, well, nobody can do it. Nobody can do it. Oh, the water's too rough. The water's too rough. Then out of essentially nowhere, this guy goes, it's okay. I was on the swim team. (laughs) He was the one looking for someone who was a good swimmer like 20 minutes earlier in the movie. And then... Lo and behold, he washes up on the beach. Oh my god! Basically, and Gail Garcia Bernal, who like God bless, he goes. He must have gone unconscious while swimming. <laughs> what? An unbelievable! Like he, we can't do it justice. The line reading in that moment was so many of these this line is readings. Why are, I go to the movies to see you know what? stuff like this? It's true. And I think that's what M. Night brings to us, right? If you were to tell me that there's a new M. Night Shyamalan movie next week... I would be there. I'm there. I'm just there. Like, after seeing this in theaters, having a blast, I'm just in. 100%. Now, like, if he makes, a, if he makes The Last Bender or After Earth Part 2, you know... After Earth 2. Out on those, but... Just... What a... Like, what a worthwhile director to just watch a bunch of his movies and just kind of, like... Think about how See, this pieces together. Right, exactly. And this is where I am, having just watched, oh, you know, eight of his movies <laughs> in the past week. 
it wasn't always enjoyable, but it was always fascinating. And he's, I'm trying to think of another example of somebody like him. We have our, like, you referenced Paul Thomas Anderson. We have him. We have some of these more highbrow sort of like American film directors who are doing whatever they want with original screenplays. Right. Whatever. But then we have M. Night Shyamalan. None of the, well, Last Airbender, I suppose, was adapted. But most of the stuff he's doing. Right. He's doing, he's. Right. Original scripts written, directed by, doing whatever he wants. And it's... He's on the very short list of directors who are making like commercially viable yeah. original stories. In today's world of, I'm sorry to say it, superheroes. In today's world of, I'm sorry to say it, streaming. In today's world of, I'm sorry to say it, Kate Winslet. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I don't I couldn't think of anything. Else. You only had two there, huh? <sighs> oh, who should be who would be good in a M Night movie? Um Let's go with I'm putting you on the spot, I'm sorry. Um who would be good in an M. Night movie? I'm, I'm thinking of like... I'm thinking good script, original thing. It's not It's not an unbreakable thing. It's an original thing. Who do we want to see in the Shyamalan-verse? We would love to see... I can't remember her name. Great. What's her name? Uh, I don't... Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> I don't know. Speaking of old... <laughs> Oh, hang on a second. I wish there was a reverse beach. <laughs> that if you could send somebody to a reverse beach, it's called Young. Young, who's in Young? Who would you send to the? Who would be your first person you would send to the Young? Why beach? can't I think of her name? You're looking at me. I probably do know who you're talking about. It's probably you know. I'm sure some supermodel. No, no, no. It's um, fucking Christ. I was thinking of Florence Pugh. Oh, great call. Florence Pugh would fit right in nicely to a, to an M. Night movie. I mean, it's, she's kind of already... She's too good for that. I hate to well, say that. that no he, disrespect. He gets killer actors and actresses. Yeah, no disrespect. But, yeah, she's too good for that. No disrespect to M. Night. I love you, she's buddy. She's kind of already done, uh, like, a weird well, psycho horror See, this movie. is the thing, right? Like, Midsummer. <clears throat> that was the movie. I couldn't, I couldn't think of the title. Is... I don't want to say it's what Shyamalan thinks he's doing, <laughs> but it sort of is. Like, Midsummer would be the second best Shyamalan movie. Um, but I sort of respect the fact... So, better than Sixth Sense, but behind signs? That's enough out of you. I sort of respect the fact that he's not doing this sort of like A24 right. thing, which is... Obviously, something I gobble up, I'm obsessed with, I love. But he's... How rare to do something in movies and just in pop culture these days that is so wholly your own. Whether it's good or bad, it just doesn't exist anymore. Right. And that's that's what just you have to respect about it. And I do. And I would see if he put out Young tomorrow. (laughs) Who would be the first person you would send to Young? 
Uh, Brad Pitt. No, they have to be dead. What? Why? In my head, this is a dead person you're bringing back to life. I thought it was an old person that we're making young. Also, Brad Pitt is well, old? I was just thinking of Benjamin Button. Oh, my God. Fine. Old. Yeah, you're right. They don't have to be dead. Oldest person you would bring back to the beach to is get young. Is Kirk Douglas still alive? <laughs> he is, unfortunately, he's passed. The oldest person I could think of, but he's died. He's dead, yeah. Mm. Uh, Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> I bring my grandfather. Oh, I thought about in a, I thought we were talking about a movie. Interesting, interesting. You go to a celebrity, I go to family. That I, really speaks. to I'm me. sorry. Is your your grandfather's going to be in the movie Young? I think he'd be great. Mine's going to start Dick Van Dyke. Don't, stop saying Dick. Dyke. <laughs> Ooh, which is worse, Van? <laughs> so M Night Shyamalan. Listen, what a guy. It's been a week. What a story. Yeah, I don't, I don't know his backstory, but I oh, assume couldn't it's cool. tell you. I'm sure it's great. <laughs> I no, I respect the guy a lot. I don't love what he does all the time, but it's never it's never boring. Exactly, and I respect that a lot. And two guys who are never boring, you and I. Wow, that was a twist I didn't see coming. <laughs> hey, that's right, baby. My twist is I'm ending the podcast this week. Oh wow, the twist that nobody saw coming. So, Kyle, next week, we don't know what we're doing. Don't go see Jungle Cruise. Listen, everybody, go see Jungle Cruise right now. If you go see Jungle Cruise, your ticket goes to St. Jude's. So you have to buy a ticket to Jungle Cruise this week. They aren't telling you this, but if you buy a ticket to Jungle Cruise, your money goes to St. Jude's Children's Hospital. So congratulations on your contribution. Appreciate that. Goes I would to buy Walt Disney's racist-ass <laughs> Don't listen to him. Don't listen to him. Don't listen to him. <laughs> uh, anyway, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, we had fun talking Shyamalan. We've been going for a long time. Uh, but this has been fun, pal. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. We'll see you this week. <laughs> Bye. Bye.